I'm Jenny Galuzzo, co-founder of The Second Shift. Welcome to our podcast where we talk all things women, work, and well-being, how they intersect, our competing forces, and how to create and maintain personal and professional alignment in your life. Let's do this. My co-founder, Gina Hadley, hates it so much when I point a camera at her or put a microphone in her face. And that is why in this episode of the Second Shifts podcast, she agreed to take the featured member questionnaire, which is something that anyone who wants to be featured, who is a member of the Second Shift, and we put it all over our newsletter and social media, and it really highlights people who are part of our vetted network, She agreed reluctantly to do it if she could wear my LED red light face mask and lie on this chaise lounge in my room and basically be treated like the diva that she wants to be. And in return, she semi-reluctantly answered the questions that I posed. Now, the reason why I make Gina go against her best wishes, which would be that I leave her alone, is because Gina is a force of nature. There is a reason that I founded this company with her and that we have been partners for 10 years. And it is because Gina is such a fierce and passionate advocate for women and changing the workforce to reflect what a modern family and the way that a modern woman wants to redefine her career. And not only women, men too. She doesn't love the social media and she doesn't love the attention. But when she is in a room or at a conference or at a dinner, she is just the most strident person for what she believes in. And that really, that feeling compels others to want to like galvanize behind her and to help the second shift. And in her role in business development and being out there and talking to clients I could never do what she does, and she would never want to do what I do, which is why we love being co-founders with each other. But we always believe in the mission, and we believe in this business, and we will never settle until we have done what we set out to do, which was to change the playing field and to give women agency over their own lives. Anyway, getting on a tangent, here's Gina She's the best. She's so funny. She's got such an amazing personality. I love her. I love her family. And I hope that you love her too. (laughs) This is the most ridiculous podcast we've ever done because Gina is so adverse and having such a temper tantrum about (laughs) doing this episode that she's currently... Hold on. You're not on. She's currently lying on the couch in my room because she refuses to do this by herself. And the only way that I could get her to do this is if she is wearing this like face mask thing. I'm going to put the picture as like the cover for this episode. She's wearing a face mask. And simultaneously, I have to sit here and feed her the questions like she is a princess diva in baby. So Gina, what we're doing today is I'm going to ask you the featured member questionnaire because I'm going through, I'm editing it and I'm making it a little fresher. And I thought people seem to be interested in learning more about you, who is the mysterious Gina, who is the woman behind the mask right now. 
<laughs> and also, you know, a little bit about your background, your story. So we're going to ask you these questions. If you don't want to answer one of them, you can pass. You can just say, nah, I'm going to sit here and make sure that you're happy. But I feel that this is more of like a you and you conversation and less of a me and you conversation. No, because if it was a me and me conversation, I wouldn't be doing this right now because I told you I'm just cranky today. And, you know, anyway, I'm going to do this for you, Jenny. It's not for our podcast. It's only for you that I'm doing it. Okay. What's the first question? Okay. You know what I learned in doing this? We have too many questions. <laughs> we have to go through this. This is what... I looked at this and I thought, I wouldn't sign up to be a member of the second shift. This is very difficult. Yeah, it's too many questions. We need to make this like four questions and it's like 15. So it just goes to show our members go above and beyond in everything they do. Okay, question number one. Tell us your work story. Who are you and what do you do? Sorry, guys, this is very informal. Do we feel like that this is appropriate business podcast content? Get with it. Sorry. I am the co-founder and the head of new business at The Second Shift. I came to this role in my life after a series of career changes that led me to creating a consultative journey that was one of a lot of hustle. Um, it's, I think this is how I met Jenny is I was, I was really interested in getting this company flywheel that she and her husband started to come out to, I can't, can I say that you and your husband started that? You're going to edit that part out. I'm not editing anything. (laughs) Just Okay, can I just for one second, I am super jet lagged and that is why I'm acting like a goofball today. Okay, so long, long story short, I got a master's. I thought I wanted to teach. I went and worked in advertising. I moved across country a couple of times, which most people who know me know that blew up my career. And so I started consulting and that's how Jenny and I started talking about the second shift was the idea that you have all this experience. It's hard to craft a consulting career. So we started the second shift to help women so that they could just do the jobs and not have to hustle and get the jobs. We've got, what is your proudest professional accomplishment, Gina? I would have to say that there have been many moments that I am super, super proud, not just of me, but of our team and what we've built here. But probably when we were recognized by Fast Company in 2020 as one of the most innovative workplace solutions by Fast by Fast Company. Did I say Fast Company? Fast Company. Fast Company. That made me happy. Like that we didn't go out and talk to these people. They just found us and said that we were changing the way companies look at how to source talent. And that made me happy. What's the hardest challenge you've faced work-wise? Please think broadly here. This can be anything from a tricky boss or colleague to whether or not to return to a job after maternity leave. I have this co-founder that is such a nudge. (laughs) She's so nudgy and she won't leave me alone. No, I think gearing up all the time, 
See, now it's not an echo chamber. Now I took my LED mask off. I think that it's it's something that a lot of us struggle with. It's especially when you don't have anybody telling you what to do. It's gearing up all the time and reinventing and every Monday looking at the week and thinking, how do I get as much done as I possibly can, but also stop giving myself an enormously hard time when not everything goes the way it's supposed to, because it doesn't always go. It's the way it's supposed to. If you could change one thing about how your given field operates, particularly with regard to women, what would it be and why? Um, I feel like this is such a bizarre question for us because we just work the way we want to and we work mostly with women and it's kind of glorious. Okay, recent history. I was in D.C. last week. I was super, super honored to be asked to come and speak on this panel for um, a summit called the Majority Summit, which is around women's equity. And it's a bipartisan organization called Engage. And they do a lot of really important work getting lawmakers and policymakers and D.C. insiders to think about what legislation, what they can push forward to help women in their economic journeys. And they brought some non-Beltway, non-D.C. people down, and I happened to be one of them, which was really extraordinary. It is amazing that we're still having these conversations around the pay gap, that we're still having conversations around equity gap. These are the things that are still hard, that there's this whole let's get everybody back to the office, you know, five days a week from eight to six, because that's the only way that we're going to get the economy back on track. Those are the things that I find very frustrating because we know that it didn't work before. I did feel cautiously optimistic that there's a lot of people that are still focused on this and that there were people in Washington that are focused on this. It was the first time outside of our industry or what Jenny and I work on specifically that I heard other people in other industries talk about the pause. There was a panel on STEM talking about the pause and especially in terms of graduate school, that a lot of what happens when you get those advanced degrees, you're in your late 20s and your early 30s, which is when a lot of women are having babies. And so I felt a kinship Um, A little frustration that everybody's failing it, but some kind of a camaraderie that it's not just around corporate America. That's awesome. And congratulations to you for being honored and invited there. What advice do you have for other women looking to make a career change but are afraid or lack of confidence? The lack of confidence is, I think, one that it's hard to explain away. My only advice is that, you know, that phrase that we use all the time, fake it till you make it. Like everybody feels like they're not ready for stuff. I do think that we over-exaggerate that women have to have this thing in them that they have to have every skill on the checklist. I am amazed that women that are younger than I am don't seem to have that kind of requisite, that they think that they have to have every requisite requirement checked off. You're ready. This that's the only thing I again back to this panel, the amazing co-founder and the founder and CEO of that amazing company, Carrot, which was on fertility. You know, basically her advice was you're ready. You're just ready. You're ready because nobody if you think through anything, you're nobody's ready to do anything. But you're ready. You're ready to do it. If it's something you've been thinking about, just try it. What about a pitch? Do you have any advice on how to craft a winning pitch or on the converse? what would be a bad pitch? Remember? What was that? Like, we used to have a whole thing where we wrote up where it was like, 
Look no further. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, the pitches at the beginning, and I have to say, nobody really does this anymore, but it was the look no further. Specificity, I think, in any area, if, if you can be specific about why you're really good at something, I can only talk about it from my own perspective. When I talk to prospective clients, there is the larger idea about who we are and what we do and why we're doing it. But really what I've learned over the years is that clients want me to solve that specific problem for them. The imagine, if you will, doesn't work really well. So for example, if I'm talking to a company and I know that they have a specific problem around, let's say, sales and marketing that focuses on a specific demo, we'll find members that have that profile so that I can give them an example. Or we will find case studies that we've done of jobs that feel very familiar so I can give them a example. So when you're pitching, think about the job. Think about what in your background, if you are your product, if you are your company, what do you have that can specifically be tailored to solve that specific issue? I think it is understood that you think that you've got it. I think it is understood that they should look no further. I think it is understood that if you're pitching, you feel like you're the right person for the job. Those are things you don't need to explain. Be specific, cite examples, Tell them how you'll make their dreams come true. What continues to draw you to your chosen field and what do you hope to accomplish in the years ahead? I know what draws you to this field. Me. It's just Jenny's unbridled enthusiasm. Where I mean, it's the same thing that probably, no, I, I would say it's different. At the beginning, it seemed like an insurmountable problem and we felt like anything we could do to chip away at this would be better than nothing. And now I have very specific goals and objectives. And many of them are based around how do we make real institutional change at companies? And it's, I'll be honest, it's not just for women anymore. It's around changing the workplace in general so everyone can have an easier time finding fulfillment, whether you want to go to the office five days a week, whether you just want to be a consultant, whether you want to be completely remote. We went through such an extraordinary period of time that taught us that all these rules that we thought had to happen around work were, it was a lot of mythology. So let's take what we've learned. That for me is, is more motivating than I would say trying to I don't know, trying to solve the problem as a whole, like women in work. Love it. (laughs) What is the best piece of professional advice you've ever received? Ah, what is the best piece of professional advice I've ever received? I would say my earlier self was that if you're not going to do it, who will? I remember being in an elevator at one point with the CEO of the advertising company that I was had just joined and this legendary woman called Charlotte Beers. We were just happened to be in an elevator at like seven o'clock in the morning and she knew who I was, which also blew my mind and told me that she was counting on me. And, you know, you, you know, if you don't do it, who will? Which was insane. And I probably had no business thinking that I could solve all these problems, but 
I don't know. I, I feel like when the CEO of a company tells you that she believes in you, you, you start to believe it yourself. Now it's a little different. I think now the best piece of advice I got was, you know, what do you need to do every day so that when you lay your head on the pillow at night, like you feel like I, I did my best. Like I can go to sleep. Tomorrow's another day. And I got accomplished what I got accomplished today. And there's no going back. I just have to move forward. I like the philosophy, G. You know, I'm into it. How do you negotiate the balance between life and work when you are the one setting the boundaries? We ask our members these questions. (laughs) These are extremely deep questions. This is for the featured member, not for like the member application. Oh, okay. Now this all makes more sense to me. This is ladies. I'm going to curse now, but this is when I should have read the fucking email that Jenny sent me. But it was the featured member questionnaire, not just the member application. Okay. What was it about setting boundaries when I'm the one that sets them? Yeah. I, I have to be honest with you. I feel like I'm very good at setting boundaries. I really do. I feel like I'm at a point in my life where I've been doing it for so long that there are some days that I, I just, I think that it's, it's now it's become second nature, right? Like you realize like doom scrolling LinkedIn when your kid comes home and wants to talk to you is probably not the right thing to do. But then there's also the, like, I got to close my door. I got to, I got to leave my space and I got to crank through and I, I can't, I can't talk to anybody because I need this stuff to get done every day. It's a different adventure. That's what it is. If you could tell your younger self one thing about what this professional journey would be like, what would you tell her? It is varied. My professional journey in particular has been one that has taken so many twists and turns. I was, the fact that I'm involved in like HR and recruiting and talent, that is not anything that I trained for at all. But I guess the thing that I've always liked to do is problem solve. So that's how I got here. I don't know. I don't think that my younger self was too focused on creating some kind of like giant career journey because I started out doing something so different than what I ended up doing. I never had an idea. Like I never thought I was going to be an advertising person and I wasn't really. And I never thought I was going to be a startup person. And I wasn't really until I did this again. It's just, so I I feel like I never had a burning desire to be anything. (laughs) I just ended up in places where I met really cool people and was motivated that way. So good on you, Gina, for taking all these opportunities that you did, young Gina. Last question. This was not that bad, right? Come on. Don't you think this would have been sad though? Listener, if I had just been alone doing this, contemplating, we're always happy to be with Jenny Galuzzo. Clearly, Gina doesn't listen to this podcast because she doesn't know that I did this and sat there and had this entire conversation by myself, lying in this exact couch being like, so Jenny, tell me, what do you think? Well, let me tell you. Okay, I will just, like, this is your journalism background. I believe you probably fake interviewed people into a hairbrush for much of your teenage life or when you were in graduate school. Is that true or not true? Oh, for sure, yeah. I mean, I still do that in my head. So how do you make work work for you? 
I make work work for me by working with people that I just adore and that I want to be with and who make me smile. Um, I make work work for me also that I still believe in what we do. I really do. I think that we all have days when we think, oh, if I won the Powerball, would I? That's the other thing is if I won the lottery, would I keep doing this? I think the answer is yes. So that's how I make work for me. I work on something. I'm lucky enough that I can work on something that I believe in and feel passionate about. We love you, Gina. There you go. The hot take on Gina Hadley, featured co-host of the day. We'll make Kemp do this too. She, she balked and she refused to come in the room. So thank you, Gina. I love you and I appreciate your time. Thank you, Jenny. This was way more fun than I thought it was going to be, but I did eat some of those gummy candies. So I'm thinking that that gave me the energy to do this today. Just so we're clear, they are just plain gummy candies. <laughs> that is not why it is more fun. <laughs> they were just those like sugar fina gummy lips and I just needed to get some sugar into Gina. Everything's more fun than you think it's going to be. Bye. Thank you so much for joining the conversation. For more, you can follow along at thesecondshift.com. Please rate, review, subscribe, and help us make work work for you and for all women. 